come verse 1. It says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once, and this you shall do for six days. Then in verse 12 it says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Then seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. While the priests continually uh, uh, blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp, and so they did for six days. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpet that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Amen. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And then it says in verse 20, it says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. Amen. Amen. We've been waiting upon the Lord this past week. It is now our last day of fasting. It's the seventh day. But for the six days that we've been waiting upon God, the trumpets have been blowing. Amen. You believe that today? That the trumpets have been blowing. We've been worshiping and praising and lifting up the name of Jesus. We've been placing our needs before Him. We're coming to Him with everything that we have. But the, the Bible says that the people had to obey and to be quiet throughout the six days that they were marching. But in the time that they were marching and the people were quiet, the trumpets were blowing. And I believe that God, uh, the, the, the priest had set a platform for what God was about to do on that seventh day. And I believe today that with our obedience, with what God has called us to do, it's just not by chance that we just go through a time of waiting. I believe that there are many of you that have things that you are waiting upon the Lord for. Not only you that are here in the sanctuary this morning, but those that are watching from home. There are things that you've been trusting God for. Believe God today for a miracle. Believe God today for a victory. Believe God today for breakthrough. And I, I believe as, as these people walked around, in the time of preparation of the six days, on that seventh day, God saw them through. The wall came down. Hallelujah. When God spoke to Joshua, he says to him in the, in the very beginning, he said, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. But not only Jericho, I have given you the king and the mighty men of valor. God will give you more than what you've expected. God will give you more than what, what you have been asking for. And believe that today. I pray as Joshua said, when he said, see, the, the, the city is yours. The city is, belongs to you. Or he says, shout, 
for the Lord has given you the city. Today I pray and I ask of you, shout for the Lord will give you breakthrough. Shout for the Lord will give you victory. Shout for the Lord will give you an answer to your prayer. Shout today, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed of who you are in God. Because God is asking us today, the world needs to hear the church shout. Because with that shout, we are going to bring the walls down. Every wall that has prevented you from reaching and, accept, uh, and getting what God has in store for you, those walls are coming down. The walls that have prevented you from having full access to who God is. Let's just bow into the word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. What an awesome presence, Lord. We feel your power all around us, Almighty oh God. We feel your presence, Lord, touching our hearts. And Lord, as we come before you today, oh God, we sense, Lord, that there's a breakthrough in the atmosphere, Lord. We sense victory in the atmosphere, Lord. We sense healing in the atmosphere, oh God. And we are believing you, Lord Jesus, that God, that which we have been waiting upon you for, that Lord, you are going to give us our Hallelujah. You are blessed this morning. We've come to praise our Heavenly Father. Amen. No matter what we're facing right now, we're going to put a praise on. Amen. And we're going to shout in the word of God says, Shout to the Lord. Amen. Come on. All glory belongs to Him.
wonderful, oh God. You're so awesome, Lord. And right now, this morning, Lord, we leave everything else aside and we've come to honor you, Father. And lift your name on high, Father. And we speak life, oh God, over all things, Lord.
speak life over every home, over every family, over every household. We speak life in the name of Jesus. We declare today that all that they are trusting you for, that you are moving on their behalf, that you are answering prayers, that you are showing us the right something in our lives and this week we have had the opportunity of waiting upon the Lord and the Bible says that those that wait upon the Lord their strength will be renewed they will mount up with wings as eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and they shall not faint I want you to know that your waiting is not in vain I want you to know that they are answered prayers that God is commanding his angels is commanding his ministering angels to move on your behalf. Some of you have been trusting God for breakthroughs in your home and in your family. Some of you have been trusting God for breakthroughs at your workplace. You're trusting God for answers to prayer in your relationships, in your home and in your family. God is showing up. Some of you have been trusting God for healing and for breakthroughs for yourself, for a family member, for a loved one, for a colleague. Or a friend, God can do that. The songwriter says, Nothing is incurable. Where the healing power of God cannot work. So we declare, as the word says, there's nothing too hard for our God. In the scripture in 1 Corinthians, the Bible challenges us. Paul admonishes us about partaking of the table of the Lord. And he says, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of him. But then he goes on to challenge us. And he says, when we partake of the table of the Lord, partake in a worthy man manner, partake in a way that we are discerning of the Lord's body. That we understand that as an individual, I am part of a many-membered body, the body of Christ. That even as I present my life to Him, I ask Him to move on, on me. And the Bible says if we don't discern the body of Christ, many of us are weak and sick, many of us fall asleep. And this is not just physical manifestations, but also spiritual. That sometimes we can miss out the blessings of the Lord, the grace of God. But he challenges us, he says, discern the body of Christ. I pray today that you have become mindful of who you are and whose you are. That means you cannot continue just living a mediocre Christian life. And expect God to work in his fullness in you. But today as we... Come before the table of the Lord. Father, I bring these emblems before you today. That even as your people will partake of it. 
your body that was broken, your blood that was shed. These are symbols of the price that you paid for our redemption, for our deliverance, for our equipping, for our victory. And so today, as we partake of these emblems, Father, I pray that you would bless your breakthrough in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name. We'll partake of the table together. For those that are joining us online, if you have your emblems, you can just wait together with us. We'll partake just now. Our God is strong in battle. Our God can never fail. Through Him all chains are broken. In Him the sick are healed. Cause in the manifestation 
in our lives. And I want to prophesy over your life today that the walls that are now preventing you from entering into your victory will become the stepping stone and the ramps into the place of promise. That means the walls that kept the children of Israel from coming into their promise. When it fell, it became the stepping stone into the city. So today, whatever is the thing that is obstructing you, whatever is the challenge that is in front of you, is becoming the stepping stone, is becoming the bridge, is becoming that place that will allow you entrance and access into that blessing. So I declare over your lives today, may the grace and the favor of the Lord. As you partake of these emblems today, may God show up on your behalf. May God cause the strongholds and the challenges in front of you to melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. So I pray your blessing over your people today. As they partake of the table of the Lord, may they see victory and breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may partake. Father, we bless you. We believe that the entrance of your word brings light and life. And this morning, even as we get into your word, we ask that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. The Nationalists collect our cups. Thanks to the worship team. Amen. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I was glad. Amen. So if you're glad about something and you're glad about being somewhere, you show it. Amen. Uh, and uh, we show it in our response. We show it in our actions. Amen. So I want to uh, greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. We, we've been sharing, I've been sharing on the series on covenant and the importance of covenant and the, the breakthroughs that come with covenant. And today I want to continue on it. On Wednesday, I started a, a session on that there is that covenant brings advancement. That means covenant brings promotion. And I want to speak today a little bit more on this. Uh, earlier this week, I had a conversation uh, with someone and we were talking about many things. And uh, one of the things we were talking about how we have become a church and a people that live our lives based on logic and reason. And one of the things that has happened is that that humanistic view has become the order of how we live. That means we find it easier to understand something or to accept something if there is a reasonable explanation for it. Right? That means if you go to the doctor and the doctor says to you, this is your diagnosis and this is the medication you take, and when you take this, this is what is, you're going to get better, right? All of us believe it because somehow we believe he's trained, and we hope he is, uh, he's trained to do what he's doing. 
And we believe that because he, he's treated others before us, that the diagnosis will be correct and the treatment will work and we'll get better. But the challenge is, when it comes to the supernatural hand of God, and we sing this, right? We sang it this morning, uh, that, that, that with God, nothing is incurable. Amen? That means God can cure. Yeah. God can heal. So when there is a supernatural manifestation of the healing of God, why do we find it hard to believe? Yeah, that's true. And a lot of it is because we are more moved by our flesh yeah. than our spirit. Yeah. And although we call ourselves Christians, and that the Bible says if you are born of the spirit and you are led by the spirit, then you are sons of God. Yeah. So that means... Our element of spirit understanding must override our logic and reason. Mm. Yeah. I'm not saying don't be logical yeah. and don't think about things. No, no. But I'm saying to you, don't let your flesh determine or speak louder than the spirit. Yeah. That means if you believe that God can heal, then you've got to understand it. It's tried, it's proven, there's a track record, there's evidence that God heals. Yes. There's a supernatural healing of God. There's a supernatural grace of God. And this is not only healing. Some of you are trusting God for breakthroughs in your finances and breakthroughs in your home. You've got to speak it. We speak life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak life. When you walk into the workplace tomorrow, you speak life. In, in, when, you, when you walk into school, we speak life. When you get before the exam or university exam, wherever you are, you speak life. Amen? In the name of Jesus Christ, this everything has to respond to the name of Jesus. You walk into an unbelieving home and you encounter someone that is unbelieving. You cannot by reason get them to understand that God is real. You've got to let the Spirit of God reveal Himself yeah. to Him. So when you enter into that atmosphere and you're surrounded by unbelieving people, all you do is say, God, you show up. God, you manifest. God, you... When we get to that place, we are getting to the place where we are saying, God, that what you said. We want, we need to start to make the supernatural natural. Yeah. 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 The supernatural natural. That means it must become the order of how we live. Yes. We live in a dimension of the supernatural. We live in a dimension where the Bible says you are seated in heavenly places yes. with Christ Jesus and yet in the same time you are here in Chatsworth, yeah. in Amsterdam, you where you're in your home, wherever you are, you're operating. That means you're touching heaven and you're changing earth. You, you're engaging the heavens and you're activating the earth to respond as the heavens are determined. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do. That's how you live. Covenant people know who their God is. Yes. Covenant people know how to operate yeah. in the principles of the word and understand that God is moving something. So when we come into this place, we don't find it hard to understand. That means when we can't explain something, I find it easy to understand God is in control. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That means when, I, when, when God shows up, I'm not surprised. Because it's an answer and a response to my prayer. Yes. It's an answer and a response to me understanding that I'm a child of God. Yeah. 
then I carry, I carry a grace of God upon my life. And it's not unexpected for my father to show up in the middle of my challenge. How many of you, if you have your natural father and you call him when you're going through a difficulty, they don't, he doesn't show up. You know, a mother or a father can hear their child cry even in the midst of a whole lot of noise. They know the sound of their child. And they know when they have been nonsense. You know, sometimes children cry for no reason. And I always say, if they're crying and there's no tears, there's no real cry. Yeah. It's just an attention. Mm. Right? So, Anthony, if you're crying, there's no tears. It's just an attention, is it? It's not real. But the, that, that is the challenge. For many of us, sometimes we are crying and there's no tears. You know, it's like that little story about that they say, you know, the one, the child that cries wolf. That means that the child kept on crying wolf and, and, and every time the, the parent came running and the time when they really needed, the parent didn't respond. And the reason is because sometimes you're crying at the wrong times for the wrong reasons. Amen? Now, how many of you know that God answers? Yes. Amen. And God un answers our prayers and he shows up. Yes. So we, we, we in this place where I'm talking about the principles of advancement this morning. Now in Genesis chapter 26 and I started off on Wednesday and I just wanted to just tie this in. in. On Wednesday I spoke from Genesis 26 how God will bring Isaac into blessings. And in the Bible says, and he waxed great and he became very great. Right? And I few years back I preached on this, this scripture and, 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 and the, the Bible uses a language and he says, and Isaac waxed great. Mm. I think there was some Indian influence there because you know the word that they use when someone is very rich, they say you waxed. Mm. That means there's so much that you just like. You know when you, 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 know when you shine something? Yeah. You know, everything just slides off it, right? Mm. You shine your car and you polish your car and you shine it when the rain hits it. Rain just runs off it. So this is it. When the Bible says of Isaac, the, the Bible says, and he waxed great. That means he, he became rich. And then the Bible goes on to say he became very rich. And in the same year, he got a hundredfold and, and everything is growing. Even to the point when King Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, came to him and said, you better leave us because you have now become greater than us. He's in the same environment that the Philistines is in. He's living under the same conditions that they are living and yet he is planting and his planting is yielding a hundredfold increase. Anyone that is, a, that is a farmer will tell you that when they plant, they don't expect a hundred percent. They expect certain percentage to come in. But here the Bible says his, his crops yielded a hundredfold in the same year that he planted. I want you to understand, you may be living in the same circumstances that others are living. You're living in the same South Africa, you're operating yeah. in the same economy, yeah. you're, you're, you're dealing with the same yeah. challenges that everyone is dealing with, yeah. but the difference yeah. is, 
that you have Jehovah that is over your life and Jehovah is showing up on your behalf and the Bible says and Isaac in the same year had a hundredfold increase. I prophesy over your life that in the same year, in this year, you will have a hundredfold increase. Amen. Amen. Yes. Now, so are all of you in question. <laughs> if no one says amen, pastor. Amen. amen. <laughs> That's for me, right? If I preach for no one else, I preach for me. Yeah. I pray it will be the same for you. Yes. Amen. A hundredfold. Someone say hundredfold. Now, some of you said, no, Pastor, you know, I went to school, I was never used to 100%. I was used to 40%. And when they gave me 40%, I was happy, I was smiling. Amen? But I'm saying to you, in the kingdom, get used to 100%. Yes. Amen? 100 fold. Amen? Someone say 100 fold. 100 fold. Amen? That's what God is going to begin to do. God says he gave him 100 fold in the same year. Now, the amazing thing about it is that we all shout about the hundredfold. But we forget what was the price that Isaac paid. Now we know that comes prior to that in Genesis when, uh, when God says to him, uh, now Isaac is the, the only son the, of, of, of Abraham, and God says to him, now I want you to take your son to the mountain, to Mount Moriah, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice to me. So I, uh, Abraham is with his son Isaac, and Isaac is not by any means a toddler. Mm. Isaac is a teenager by the stage because, remember, he's climbing a mountain. You don't take a baby because then you're going to be carrying it, right? Yeah. So, so the, the scriptures didn't say Abraham carried it. He carried the wood. Mm. And then he comes to his father and he asks his father a question. He says, Father, I see the wood, mm. but where's the sacrifice? And what does his father say? The Lord will supply. The father knew that Isaac was the sacrifice. But he doesn't say it to him. He says the Lord will provide. They get up onto the mountain. The father is building the altar. He's placing the wood on it. And then he takes his son and he places him on the altar. And when he places him on the altar, Isaac doesn't jump off the altar. Yeah. Neither does Isaac come to his father and says, uh, Dad, you said, uh, what you do? <laughs> I mean, a lot of us, you, 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 got, you got a five, six-year-old, and you're doing something, they can ask you why. Why are you doing this? Now imagine a 13-year-old. You know, when they get to 13, the children know everything. All of a sudden, it was as if you are very old, yeah. you are ancient, you are a relic, you are an artifact. It's as if, you know, like you all of a sudden fell out of the sky and you became old. You weren't 13. And then the next thing is, they know everything. You know this. They ask you a question like, you know, you're like stupid. <laughs> But, so the reality is that everything you do at the age of 13, your children challenge you. Yeah. Why I must be? Why you can't do? What's wrong with your hand? I'm saying, what's wrong with your hand? What's wrong with your mom? You're asking the question. Now, that's the challenge. So we see at the age, he's on the altar, not asking his father a question. Believing what his father said, the Lord will provide a sacrifice. Yes. 
Now I want you to understand, the blessings that came was out of a life that was laid on the altar. And did not, he didn't jump off the altar. Yeah. He prayed. He trusted God. He believed God. I want you to understand what's the price that someone has paid for what God is doing now currently in their mm. life. Mm. This is a very, very important part. Yes. Because many of us don't understand the price that was paid for the blessings and the measure of grace that is now being manifested in yes. the lives of, of God's sons and daughters. Yeah. And the thing is that sometimes we can see the blessings and we can begin to, to say, hey, this person is blessed and this is happening and that is happening. Sometimes you can even get jealous. But you don't know the price that they pay for what is happening. I'm here to say to you that I want you to, to do not be concerned. The price of your sacrifice will determine the blessing that will be in, over your life. But let's go on. So the Lord spoke over the life of, uh, uh, of Isaac and Isaac became very great. That means God promoted him. Now I declare over your life this year that God will advance you, God will promote you, Amen. and God will begin to cause value to come to your life. Now what does it mean? When you, when you talk about advancement, it means to improve and to promote. Now Psalms chapter 75, and we read it, it says that Psalms 75 says, Promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west. Promotion doesn't come from your connections and your contacts and the person that can plan and organize from you. It doesn't know, promotion doesn't come from who you know. Promotion comes from the law. Yes. Amen? You've got to believe it. Because if you're going to depend on someone, then you're going to have to pay a bribe. Yeah. And you're going to have to organize and you have to go and do something and you have to make a plan and you have to bring a gift. Yeah. You've got to see them right. <laughs> right? You don't have to do any of that. When you believe that God yeah. has made a way for you, that if promotion doesn't come from the arms of flesh or from a person, it comes from the Lord. Then the Bible says here that God will begin to increase you. That means the way to promotion is the hand of God at work in your life. The Bible even goes on in verses six, uh, six of that same verse. He says, he puts one down and he exalts another. Much of what we are seeing happening is part of the hand of God at work, even in our country. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. That means you've got to believe that our prayers are not in vain. The answer may not be the way we thought it would be orchestrated or the way it will unravel. But it is the hand of the Lord that is at work. Amen? So we've got to believe that, the, that God is hearing the prayers of God's people. That means, so to, to advance means to increase the standard of how something is, to increase the standard of living, to add value to something. So that means when someone comes into your life, that means out of your marriage, that means when you get married to someone or you're in a relationship with somebody, that relationship must add value. Mm. Yeah. Right? That's a good measurement whether this is a relationship from the Lord. Yeah. Firstly, that person must bring you closer to God. Secondly, that person must, it must add value to your life. If the person is taking away from you and you are becoming worse off than you were before, then that is not the relationship for you. It's a good measurement, right? Yeah. 
it's a good truth. So everything that means whenever God comes into your life, whenever God shows up, He brings advancement. But there are certain laws that God operates on that will begin to bring us or, or, or principles that is important for us to be promoted. The first principle is how do you manage time? The Bible says that we should redeem the time for the days in which we live in are evil. That means God speaks about don't waste time. Amen? Now this is an important principle. If you want to be advanced, you've got to understand that you've got to consider time as a very precious commodity. How many of you know that all, all of us at one stage, when we were in our early 20s, we thought we got a whole life in front of us. And you thought, hey, you know, don't worry, why are you rushing, take it easy, cruise, you know, then put it in neutral, let it coast. And then after a while you realize you're 40. And then you say, no, no, life begins at 40. Now you want to go back and act like you're 20. But when you were 20, you were cruising. No value, no direction, no nothing. And then when you come to 50, you think, hey, 10 years time, time. Yeah. Then you want to think, where did the, where did the time go? Yeah. How did it, you were cruising. Now you're paying the, the price for cruising. When you're supposed to be working, yeah. you were cruising. When you were supposed to be building, you were hanging out in the corner. Being cool, no one like you. Yeah. <laughs> You're chilling. I'm relaxing. Now you're 50 and you got nothing to shoot. And then you say, Ah, if I had it to do all over again. Yeah. No, you got no way. You got one life. No, no do-overs yet. Yeah. No redos. No revision tests. No take it over again. Now you have to start to understand the Bible says redeem the time. Now this is where the Bible also goes on and it says there's a time and season Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time and season for everything. You've got to understand the timing of the law. So the first principle is the principle of timing. Do you understand what is the timing of the law? What is, what, what is the thing that God wants you to do right now? Now the Bible says in, in, in Ecclesiastes 9 verses 11, I have seen something under the sun. The race is not for the swift, the battle is not to the strong, nor does food come to the wise, the wealth or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happens to them all. That means all of us are going to experience in our lives the benefit of time or the challenge of time. Yeah. It's how we begin to execute it that's important. It's not about running fast. It's not about how you started, not about how much of education you got. It's not about how much of wealth or, or what inheritance your parents left for you in order to give you a start or didn't give you a start, whatever. It's about what do you do with what is given to you. And to all of us, we all have been given a measure of time. What are you doing with the time that God has given you? Now, and in this, do you understand the timing of the Lord? 
That means in the whole chronos of time, that means in the old chronological, that means in, the, in our lifespan, there is time. But then there is also the will of the Lord, and we have to discern the timing of the Lord. So that means there are sometimes opportunities that come to us, but because we are not in tune with God, we do not know what to do and how to respond. And when we do not respond properly, we sometimes miss out the day of our appointment or the day of our visitation or the day of the blessings of the Lord. Or we miss out in understanding the timing of the Lord. How many of us miss out the timing of the Lord? That means there are certain opportune times when God does certain things in our lives. And if we don't discern it, we can miss it out. Now, therefore, the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord. Now, there is a truth. There's much truth in understanding timing from waiting upon the Lord. Now, waiting upon the Lord, on God, requires patience and faith. Amen? That means, in the waiting, you've got to believe that God is at work. In the waiting, you've got to trust there's a process and God is working everything out. Now, one of the things, and I do not know whether you are like me, is you find it hard to wait. Yeah. Now, I personally find it hard to wait. All of, all of us, to some extent, have a challenge when it comes to waiting. We, we want it, it now. We want things to happen quickly. And sometimes, because we find it hard to wait, we can sometimes hurt ourselves. Sometimes we can rush the process. Sometimes, you know, all, all of us, to a certain extent, have a problem with waiting. Amen? I, I, I don't like waiting in traffic. I do not like waiting in long lines. I do everything in my life to try and avoid those things. And when I'm there, it's just a hard thing to deal with. But sometimes I've learned that the process of waiting is important. Spiritually, waiting upon the Lord is an important process. And in that, you can get the mind of God revealed. Now, now uh, some things that we need to do while we are waiting upon the Lord and we're seeking direction from the Lord, we need to learn how to pray. Pray a lot. In your waiting, because you need spiritual strength to keep you focused in the time of waiting. Second thing is you build yourself in the word of the Lord. And thirdly, you learn how to surrender to the process of waiting. That means you've got to surrender to a point and say, God, you're, you're at work in me. I don't understand it fully. I don't understand what this process is going to unfold. I do not know what it's going to work out in my life. But I understand if I remain faithful to you, you are working everything out. It's important. The Bible says for those that wait upon the Lord, their strength will be renewed. Now, uh, all of you see this talit that is on, on the pulpit. Uh, one of the things is that on, on the end of the talit, you will find a, 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 the tassels. And, and the tassels, it was really uh, strategically made. Uh, uh, one, uh, uh, this is often referred to as a prayer show, but the corners of it would have these four tassels and it will be made of strings, and the ways that the strings will be intertwined with each other, and there will be like five knots on it. And all of this symbolizes, firstly it symbolizes the 613 
commandments that the Lord gave to the children of Israel. But the five knots also symbolize grace or the fivefold ministry giftings that was given to the body of Christ. And altogether, this was a constant reminder. Now, in this, normally there would be a blue string intertwined with the white strings. And the intertwining of the blue and the white strings will symbolize how the divine, how God will be intertwined with man. And in that, there will be an in, a, a, a impossibility to separate God from man. And so in that intertwining process, there is, there is the, the, the place where God begins to show up in the, in the life of men. And so the important part of this is that, and so the, the language when the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord, it talks about a knitting together, an intertwining, a knotting together, that to the point where you can't separate God from man. Now, uh, in, in one of the covenants that uh, God will make with Israel, it, it, it will be a very symbolic picture in, 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 at weddings, in, in Jewish weddings, is where they will talk about a covenant of salt. And so at the wedding, what the, what the, the, the pastor or the priest will do is he will ask the, the bride and the groom to bring a little bag of salt with them. And uh, when they will bring their bags of salt, he will then give them an, a, a third bag and he will say to them, empty your salt into this bag. And then he will shake it up. And then he will say to them, now, can you separate your salt, talking to the groom and then to the bride, can you separate your salt from the other one's salt? They say, no, that's impossible to do it. So he says that is what was symbolic, is the fact that in the covenant of salt, there's a joining together, so much so that you cannot be separated. Amen? And he says, if you can separate your salt from his salt, then you can, that is the only time you can be separated. Isn't that powerful, right? Yeah. But in this, God was also saying that when you wait upon God, there is such an intertwining between you and God that you cannot separate where God starts and where God ends, yeah. and where you start and where you end. Yeah. And as long as you cannot separate your beginning and the end, there should be a constant covenant with each yes. other. So when the Bible speaks about covenant and advancement, that means when God shows up in your life and he tells you about watch the timing, watch how you're doing things, watch how you're living out, that God is saying, I'm working things out on your behalf. But you've got to be careful. Focus on what the grace of God is. So timing is important. That means let us, even in going ahead, be aware of the timing of the Lord. Let, let God teach us how to wait upon Him. Let us discern the hour and the time in which we are living in. The Bible says, redeem the time for the, the days in which you live in are evil. That means we've got to understand that if we miss this out, we're going to miss out the whole blessing and grace of God. But then the second principle is the principle of thinking. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The, the reality is that our thinking influences how we live. Your thinking will influence whether God can promote you. 
Amen. That means how many times have our thoughts stopped us from coming into the place that God has planned for us or inhibited us from coming into the blessings that God has for us. The Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Amen. That means your heart and your mind controls your life. Amen. What you feed and what you think will begin to affect your life. Amen. This is very, very important that we've got to get our minds in order. Amen. Our future depends on our thinking. There's no use saying I am progressive in my thinking, or yet the decisions and the choices I make does not speak to my progressiveness. You've got to understand that. Amen? Someone said you can never rise beyond your thinking. Therefore, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, the scripture says, Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there be any excellent or praiseworthy thing, think on such things. Whatever you have learned and received or, or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Think on these things. What am I focusing my mind on? Amen? Are you sitting in church and thinking about, hey, wait, what, what, what am I going to go back? The pastor gets ready, finish now. By 11, I can make it. If I leave church at, at quarter past, 20 past 10, you think I'll make it for the spur? <laughs> so you, you, you're thinking about it, right? Some of you are thinking, hey, I hope they cook their food. <laughs> now the weather's changing, maybe some fish curry. <laughs> a, nice, a nice biryani or a nice steak. Yeah. Now you're all getting out of Amen. But the, re the, the reality is the Bible says, finally, my brother, think of what is ever true, noble, bright, pure, lovely, admirable. You know, one of the things. Uh, one of the things that affects all of us is our thinking. Uh, yes, there was just a clear example that, you know, throughout our lives we all go through things and sometimes some of us only expect negative. And you wonder why negative things only happen to you. You only hear negative news. Because you only expect it. Amen? Think on things. The Bible says, and if you're having a problem with your thinking, recalibrate it. Say, God, help me. Use Use Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9, and says, Lord, help me to, to watch my thinking. Last principle, principle of capacity. God works by creating capacity. That means God cannot work when there's no room for him to work. Yeah, that's true. We saw in, 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 in Genesis chapter 26, God said eventually Isaac will name the place Rehoboth, and he says, now the Lord has made room for us. We will, we will blossom and we will multiply. I'm here to say to you, God is making room for you. Yes. Uh, you have you made capacity for God to work, work in your life? That means the first thing that was in God's mind was the last thing that God created. Man, Adam, was first in the mind of God, but God created it last. 
because God, before God could create Adam, he had to create an atmosphere, a capacity where he could place Adam in. He had to create a place where Adam could stay and things that would provide sustenance that he would be need. That means before God created Adam, he created the sun, the moon, the stars, he created the earth, the water, he separated it, he created the animals, he created the vegetation, then he created Adam. Amen? That means we need to understand how does God create? He first creates capacity, then he creates Adam. How does God create in your life? He first creates capacity, then he creates space. That means God is creating capacity for you to grow and to increase. But sometimes we become small-minded and all we do is try to shrink things, but we're expecting to grow. You can't think small and expect to grow. Right? It's even in naturally, when, 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 when a woman falls pregnant, in order for the baby to grow, the baby can't grow without the stomach of the mother growing. The capacity creates room for growth, right? But the reality was, how does God create? In, 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 in Ezekiel, when God was saying that, he asked, he asked Ezekiel, can these dead bones live? Ezekiel's response was, God, you know. Then God says, prophesy. Bones come back to bone. Then sinews begin to follow, cartilage begins to follow, tendons begin to follow. Then he begins to say, prophesy, and skin appears over it. Now that he's got a form, then God says to him, now prophesy to the four winds that breath will come into it. When God created Adam, what did he do? He formed him out of the dust of the ground. And then what did he do? After he formed him, he breathed the breath of life. God didn't breathe the breath of life into dust. He, 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 he breathed his breath into something that was formed that could that could keep the breath of God yeah. that could keep the hold the breath of God yeah. when God was saying to Ezekiel prophesy he's saying don't just prophesy into the air yeah. he says create a, 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 a structure create a capacity and then ask the breath to come into it have you created room for God to bless us mm -hmm. have you created room in your life for God to move you want to promote, you want to be advanced, you want to move forward in the things of God, but is there room for God to work? I'm saying to you, create room. God is about to promote you. God is about to shift you, amen? God is about to move you forward. But in order for God to begin to do these things in your life, God has to firstly find capacity. I, I declare over your life today that now is the time. I declare over your life that opportunities for, for you to prosper are coming to you. I declare over your life that there are platforms that will announce God's blessings and God's favor over your life. Amen? I declare that this is the time that you are going to begin to see the hand of the Lord begin to work. That God will elevate you and lift you and move you forward and upward in the name of Jesus. Let's just bow our heads together. We're going to just pray together this morning. Father, we pray over your sons and daughters that you move us forward, Lord.
that you are creating capacity in us. You are building us up. You are, you are beginning to cause us to grow into all that you have in store for us. And so today, we pray today over the lives of your sons and daughters. Advance us, O God. Father, like the kingdom of God that is advancing, Father, I pray let, let your people also see that advancement being manifested even in their lives. I pray over those that are at their workplaces and their careers and in their business. Father, I pray that there will be opportunities for growth and advancement. I prophesy that doors are opening to those that covenant with you. Doors are opening supernaturally for advancement in Jesus' name. I pray today that you are advancing and causing growth. You are creating opportunities that are going to begin to cause your people to come into all of the favor and the grace of the Lord. So we pray today, may you, O God, manifest in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.